This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have what you contributed to racing? You are one of these take out merchants. Take out all you can. And a very warm welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry weekend podcast covering the Saturday meetings, the, the big meetings on the telly. My name is Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk and as always, my partner in crime, uh, we nailed it again last week with Max Swiney, me, myself and John Lane, John, John Joe's blogspot, Max Swiney did the business at the Irish Gypsy Fair, John, last week. What a weekend it was for us. Unbelievable, wasn't it, Bailey? Uh, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't imagine it winning. Uh, I don't know where I'll give up the challenge, but uh, yeah. these are sort of telly fair, they're going out in the gym and dishing out a disappointing result. They just don't, they're there, they don't pack it in. <laughs> they just well, have I mean, to I mean, going. I mean, it was a tremendous one, too, for the yard. Um, you know, I mean, I, I I I just think it's it's an amazing um like show of his skills if you like. You know, none of this none of this wrapped them in cotton wool, poetic flair decided that, you know, he was going for the English guineas, the French guineas, the Irish guineas, and you know, I think it's so refreshing to see when you see trainers wrap them in cotton wool, John, don't you think? Well, I think the winner as well. I mean, it was only two weeks since it had come back from uh, Leopardstown for the snap. That's right, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people would have said, well, we'll never make the derby now, we'll knock him off and we'll think about maybe bringing him back to Ascot in the SGOP. And we've yeah. knocked off the Irish guineas, he's thinking about the derby, he's looking very likely to run in the derby. Um, you know, I mean, these gym losses, Jesus, you stick a brush up their asses, they'll sweep up for you while they're running round. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, like I said, it, it was brilliant to be involved in another Bastard special. I mean, like me and you never confer our selections. And, no. I mean, this is what makes the show. So we, I don't know what you're tipping again. You don't know what I'm tipping. I think it's, it's fabulous that when we do have a, you know, when we do have an agreement and it's working quite well. I think Twitter loved it. YouTube loved it. So onwards and upwards. Right. We're going to start the show off this week with uh, a mention um, about a great man that passed away. In the last week, uh, Barney Curley, a famous, renowned uh, punter that, that basically ran the show with his, with his multi-bets, with his gambles, with his... Uh, it was just an extraordinary, extraordinary punter. And, um, John, I'd like you to tell me, just in your own words, like, you know, what, what, you, what you think about Barney as a whole. The racing, yourself, what, what, you know, what, 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 what about the Barney story? Well, there was an absolute one-off, wasn't he? I mean, uh, I don't think we'll ever see anybody uh, succeed on the scale that he did. Um, right, right across the board in the game. I mean, not just the gambles, really. I mean, um, the horses he was involved with as well. I mean, he brought the likes of Forgive and Forget, Silver Book, you know, all horses such as them. Uh, to like the Dickinsons and Jimmy Fitzgerald, um, 
Search for those that are seats for them. Um, I'm a driver. That was another one that I was uh, instrumental in getting over here. He, um, he was instrumental in setting up Don Cantillon as a trainer. Yeah. Um, and Don, Don was working for Annie Thompson Jones and he wanted to buy one of Ramdan's horses, a Sultan, and uh, he was going to send it to Barney and he had to get a home improvement loan out to buy, buy the horse, Don Cantillon. Uh, and that, that's how close to the wind they were sailing with that one until uh, they landed the gamble there. I mean, just an incredible fella, really. Um, straightened Dittari out when Dittari was having all his, his problems with the drugs and going off the rails. Yeah. Got him, got him in with Gosden. Um, you know, excellent stuff there, really. I mean, Dittari could have been lost to the game. He was drifting, going nowhere. And uh, Barney probably saved his career, really. Um, yeah. He was very instrumental in uh, a lot of Leicester's comeback. I mean, he, he more or less accompanied him over on his trips to Ireland and that, acting as like a ipso facto man to take grit and fix her problems and things. Um, Starting rags out for him and that. And, you know, just. Uh, just a, a genuinely gifted fella, you know, and a terrific punter. I mean, you, you couldn't you, you couldn't find anybody better, really. I mean, at landing gambles, and he will be so missed, you, you know, even though it's like ages since he, he actually did anything in the sport, really. You know, I mean, he, he, he knocked off, when was it, about 2012? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, he, he just, just a marvellous man, you, you know. Um, and as I said, uh, he'll be much missed. Yeah, I, I can go with that. I mean, there'll be some in, in some quarters that'll say, you know, well, why are we championing somebody that was either, in some Martin Prescott's words, uh, no or go? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, you know, basically a lot of us denounce current trainers like that or current owners like that it's either no or go because as we know you couldn't run a, a successful levy off off uh, if everyone did that if everyone did no or go um it, you know it's uh it, it really would make a mockery of, of of the entire sport but so I, I get that point of view but at the same time the actual romance i think he brought in into racing in terms of you know, like like it's, it's proper Dick Francis stuff. You know, this is these are the plots that he achieved. I mean, what one of my favourite stories from his book was that was the actually the Graham story because I'm thinking, yeah. well, he, he he did his father, he did his own father. You know, I mean, his father sent him to the track with the ground, you know, and said to administer this powder or substance to the dog before half an hour or an hour before he races. Um, you know, and he could take care of it. And in other words, he, his dad didn't want the dog to win on that particular night. And of course, so Barney saw the odds and it was like five to one, six to one, seven to one, eight to one. And Barney thought, well, <laughs> well it's, it's, it's a big price, this knowing that full well it can, it can win. And 
Barney didn't administer the substance. And lo and behold, the dog won by about five lengths. Uh, Barney collects his eights. His dad rings him furious, saying, "What? What's gone off? What's gone off?" And Barney just just says, "You know, yeah, I gave, I gave the substance. So, you know." And I, I just think, what a story! I think I think that that epitomizes how he thinks and how you've got to be in the game, in a way to 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 be a, to be a Barney Curley. You've got to be a can I say it, a total bastard, you know? Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it's, it, it, like I said, it's, it's a fantastic story. I, I urge anyone if you haven't read Barney's book, um, I urge anyone to read Barney's book because. It is. It's full of absolute brilliant tales. And as I said, he, he kept it quiet. He kept a tight ship. He told mm-hmm. his, he told he told his staff, "I'll be loyal to you. I'll pay you well. I'll reward you well. I'll look after you. I'll be a friend to you. But if you ever repeat any information out of this yard to anyone, you're out. You're at the lot. I'll clear. I'll clear. I'll clear. I'll pack your suitcase. You're gone in the morning. And I just think, I think that's. That's that's how he worked, and as I said, it's it's a blueprint. If if there's any gambling yards out there, that's the blueprint. Uh, you know, it's loose lips sink ships, and and that's how that's how the game works. Um, but yeah, rest in peace, Barnett. You've provided a lot of fun and definitely controversy, and probably one of the greatest YouTube videos of all time, John. That's still there with Luke Harvey and Big Big Mac. And part of our title sequence. Absolutely. We, we we will keep it in our title scenes forever because basically it's legendary. It won't ever be beaten. You'll never see that on live TV. Again. You'll never see that on a racing channel ever again as long as you're alive, ever. You'll never see drama like that. That was just sheer, uh, just poetry. Um, yeah. So, uh, right, we'll move on to the questions for uh, this part of the show. And um, we've got one, two... We have three questions for the show this evening. And Chris O'Rourke is going with the first one. And he says, hi, guys. He goes, do you think the BHA and the Irish Horse Racing Association should have someone monitoring the Betfair markets for each race and monitoring betting patterns? John? Well, this is quite interesting, actually, because uh, we've... um We've sat and had a drink with the people that actually know this on behalf of the BHA, haven't we? We we have we have indeed. Um, we've we've sat in the on uh, the champagne line at York with the work league here, and uh, three or four of the uh, the offending articles have turned up and helped the sell to a free glass or two. <laughs> um, yeah, they they already exist, Chris. Is the short answer now? Convincing them that something untoward has gone on, or uh, even convincing them to take a close look, wouldn't be the easiest thing. It'd be up there with knitting fog, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, they do, they do exist. They have an office. I believe they have computer access to Betfair. I know they have a backdoor key to the uh, to Betfair, and they can say who's laying what. Yeah. But. Um, Considering the advantages they've got, they don't seem to achieve any convictions or get many people wound off, so I, I just tend to bracket them with the same old uh, routine as a lot of the people who work for the BHA, etc. 
as people who like the car, they like the salary and they fancy the pension, but they don't want to lock the gravy boat too much. I mean, a, a long a long time ago, um, uh, uh, Betfair signed a, a memorandum, of, memorandum of understanding uh, with the, the BHA authority, basically to, to provide access to accounts and betting accounts, obviously for security reasons. But like John says, um, Chris, it literally is, it's very difficult in this modern world to bring people to task and to to prove any wrongdoing. Um, as we saw with the Kieran Fallon case in the Old Bailey, you, you literally, I mean, they made a mess of it, but it literally is very difficult to actually bring criminal justice to anyone doing anything like that untoward. So all they can do really, I would say, in this modern times is basically shut the Betfair accounts, but then they just open new ones. So it's it, it, it's very difficult to, to, to police the sport, um, and that's just how it is. Um, I don't think that will ever change uh, going forwards until unless the law changes where it, it, it's, it's basically a criminal offence to... You know, as in jail time for laying a horse that you're connected with, or or if you're found to be committing fraud, which in, in essence is what you're doing. But no, it's um it's a bit of a license to print, I'm afraid, Chris. That's how the game is. Next question: uh, What are the worst yards for information? Asked Lorne Marvo, a friend of the show. Um, he, he's a he's on Twitter, and he he actually adds, he says areas must be right up there. For classify it for basically saying it's geese, uh, you know, end up as swans, you know, but but they obviously, you know, are heavily bet. John, any any sort of yards that you think of the past where the information seems to be crap? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the the current yards, I think my my absolute nemesis at the minute is uh, Kevin Ryan's. Everything I get out of that cab seems to be absolutely stinking rotten. <laughs> uh, you know, i a And I, sometimes I get some really detailed thoughts from people in the end. You know, this is like an 80, 30, 90 horse, you know, and, blah, 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 and all the rest of it. You know what I mean? You can bet your bollocks it'll run to about 43, you know. Um, that is one yard that just continually comes up short for me where, you, you know, I mean, I'm like at the point where any information I, I just studiously ignore because it, it doesn't have to come from the same source either. It's just whoever gives me Kevin Ryan else, you know, I'd be, I'd be better off shouting them, really. You know, um, absolutely terrible. Um <laughs> I mean, there's the usual, um, Codswell comes out of Mick Easterby's yard, um, you know, and if he's spouting anything on his Facebook page or anything like that, or beating up at one of his granddaughters is going to ride, you can guarantee three or four people are ringing up to think, thinking they're giving you some exclusive about that, and they're ready to be run like crap. Um, I mean, uh, we couldn't tell you if it, if it was going to rain unless you were selling an umbrella. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you know, you, just, you, you wouldn't expect to get any worthwhile information out of that yet. 
Um, I think uh, probably the, the worst year I'd ever known for information was Peter Walwins. Uh, that, that was absolutely terrible years ago. I mean, even going back to when uh, the late, great Joe Mercer was riding for him. Uh, some absolute stinking stuff come out of there. I don't know whether it was all stemming from his missus bonk or uh, whether Peter himself had a hand in it, but oh god, you know, some absolute scammers. You know, there's uh, some bad, bad yards out there. For information. There, there, there is, and I mean, the thing for me with information, uh, and I'd advise anyone that gets information from yards um, to really take most of it with, with a pinch of salt. And the reason I say this is because a lot of horses in yards, especially new market, you know, are keen. And it's the keenest ones that the, the work riders like because they, they're the ones that give the most for that four furlong, you know, like tear up, if you like. And you know, and it's like, and then they put figures on it. Oh well, this worked with this work worked work with this group three winner, and worked as well as. But it just might have been keen as keen keen as anything for four furlongs. Then then you see it on the racetrack, and it's you know, and it's it's pulling like Callum Best, you know, like, and and it just drops out into fifth six. There's so many of those that are, are very keen sorts, and I I I. I I always remember the best information I've received from yards are when an actual work rider will say, yeah, this is slow. Then you look at the pedigree and you go, well, it's, uh, uh, it's by far out of a rainbow quest mare. Hmm. You know, it's like, well, it's going to be slow. And the re- and, w- and, when, and when a work rider says it's slow and it, it makes its debut in a mile and a quarter maiden for a good yard, good, good team, Right, that's when you get your prices because the work riders aren't backing them. They say, "Ah, it's slow. This is slow." Well, I've seen so many information bets that they said they're slow that absolutely bolt up because it, it's as if they can't even like compute that you know a mile and a quarter maidens as a two-year-old or even as a three-year-old. You know, it's it, it's it's a lot more than running four furlongs. You know, the lime kilns. It's it's not it's not the same. It's, and I think that's where the info breaks down because because something can work all over something else. It's usually because they're keen, and, and that's that's why I found that most info bets or really good info bets where they're raving about, oh, this can't get beat. This is just a machine, you know. They just they're very keen. They're very very keen, and and I think that's it. That's, that's how I found info over the years. That the best info is not necessarily the ones that the work riders are actually tipping, you know. As long as I can get something that, like, well, this 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 one by far out of a Rainbow Quest mare could actually work to, well, it's working to seventy-ish. Well, that's good enough for me because that will mean that work that when it runs over a mile and a quarter, because they don't work them over a mile and a quarter, unusual, rarely they will. Um, you know, when it actually makes its debut over a mile and a quarter, it might run to eighty-five. But no one's backing it. So you're getting you're getting fives and sixes for an horse that basically they think slow because they haven't they've never seen it run over a mile and a quarter. And I, I just think that's how you've got to if ever if ever any of our listeners get involved with work rider information, that's what you're gonna see if you if you pay for it. And trust me, I I've I've paid for numerous information out of many yards and found by trial and error that it's absolutely worthless over time. There's this, you know, for every every good bet or every like 
a superstar two-year-old, you get told, um, you'll get <laughs> at least a dozen yaks that are just hard-pulling, hanging effigies. So it's it's just not for me, I don't think, uh, worth yard information. Thanks for the, the question. I think the only way yard information works for you, really, is if you're there yourself all the time. I think that's it. I mean, I mean, you, know, you, 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 get, you get a handle on the RC, you know, and whatever, I mean, you know, that's the... Yeah, thing. you... You did this for years, yeah. you know, and 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 you can apply. I think that's it. You can apply your own judgment, and you can say, "Well, I thought that was a bastard, or or, or this hangs a bit, yeah. or this could do with a different piece of headgear, or 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 a different bridle." Or, and I think that's that's the knowledge that you brought to the table. You if, know, for you, years. if you got people just chucking snippets out at you, you know, I mean, it's. It, it's something you just can't paste together, really. Yeah, you know, no. it's, uh, it's, a, it, it's a story without a beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> For sure. I, I, I love every end bit where you just end up doing your bollocks in. You so, list, so, listeners, do not pay for gallop info. It's, no. No, it's generally no good. I can tell. I can. I can save you years of pain, suffering, financial losses. You know, it, it's not going to work. Right, we'll move on to the final question before we'll get some tips for the pink button pink button section. Um, and it's a moan from JCC Punter on Twitter, and it's it, it's my kind of moan really. He says seven jump seven seven jumps meetings across UK and Ireland over the week over the weekend. Why are we churning out this substandard tosh at the end of May? And I'll add to that: Why is there eight meetings on a Saturday, John? What's happening? Uh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean. Uh... There's no thought for rationalising this programme at all. I mean, we're uh, just ploughing on regardless. No, nobody wants to get their arms around the problem. Um, you get to Monday, we've got a Zetland Gold Cup at Redco that's worth about 30% of what it was worth 15 years ago. And, you know, on and on we plough, meeting after meeting after meeting, just dross upon dross. You know, and there is not a dissenting voice in the VHA. Nobody's standing up and saying anything other. You know, it's just... Nope. It's as though it just has to happen like this. And, you know, they're going to get to the bottom of the box eventually. And I honestly don't know what they'll do then because they're just so devoid of ideas. You know, there's, there's nobody there that's got a blind clue what they know about it. And, you know, they're just heading for the... Cliff, cliff edge and uh, nobody's hitting the brakes. No, uh, it's a sport that's run by chimpanzees and they have absolutely no idea or clue what they're doing. And I mean, somebody like myself, I mean, I can moan, this is what I do for a living. Um, I, 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 I'm absolutely knackered. I, I cannot stress how tired I am. Like literally, the num- it's impossible to cover all the meetings properly. And I think that's why I could be suffering as well. I mean, I've had a, I've had a couple of bad punting weeks, um, midweeks especially, and and I just think like you know it, it takes its toll, and and I think if it takes its toll on myself. What's it doing to the punter that can't keep up? He can't, he's thinking he's trawling through result after result after result. I mean, Tuesday this week, seven meetings on a Tuesday. Are you for real? I mean, this is just mental. Um, and I just I just think like with the funding in the sport. I just think the bookmakers are just calling the tunes and calling the tunes and 
No one's interested. Seven meetings a day. I mean, half of the rate, half of the results, I can't even remember off the top of my head. Someone said to me, oh, oh, do you remember what won the first today at Carlisle? Like, well, <laughs> there's been that many meetings. A long time's passed since then. So well, do you remember Carlisle was on? <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't have been really. It's absolutely, it's it's uh, pulled my pants down today and, um, you know, opened the cheeks. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, great, great moaning question from JCC Punter. We love a moan. That's what it's all about. But anyway, we'll move on now to the, the the action that you're listening for because you know you love to either press blue or pink, um, and I don't blame you for pressing pink, especially this weekend because the racing is quite tough, John. And I'm it's horrendous, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. We'll go for the telly box races because punters love a telly box race, and we'll start with the 145 at Haddock. It's the uh, six furlong Betway handicap, class three, not to 95. The Leeds manager is favourite, Bielsa, at 5-1. to one. Tremendous hate, isn't it? Um, obviously, Bielsa's won a 93, I think, on every ground. So, I think this ground off 95 aren't not to read too much of an issue. I thought the run at York last time when it was fairly well fancied was quite nice. Should be in pretty much paid farm for this, I would have thought. Um, the one that Interesting man was the uh, the system arse really uh, hyper focus uh, ran, ah. ran okay on debut uh, I think it was only been about four and a half lengths in total which is near enough for one of uh, Happy Tim's uh, we've got Thick Dave up who rides up particularly well the sprint track I think mm-hmm. um, this horse has run well here before run well on shit ground Double-digit price. That'll go for me. Fair enough, John. Um, so John is going for. Um, I'm just scrolling down my list. Hyperfocus, trained by Tim Easterby, written by David Allen. I'm just going to check the best price available on that, just to make sure that it's available at eleven to one, John. So a nice each way selection from John yeah, there. So. And then I'm going to roll reverse you. I'm the turn to blogger, and um, I'm going for Bielsa. Um, it's one of the better bets of the weekend, but not necessarily now at the prices. I think the value is getting squeezed. It's like someone squeezing the juice out of a of a of a finely finely tuned piece of fruit. And to me, Bielsa looks to have really strong claims in this. He was unfortunate at York because he was caught up in quite a little pace battle, and uh, the winner came from off that pace battle, and he still kept going quite nicely to finish fifth. And I think the Brucey bonus was. He even got dropped a pound for that, which I thought was quite generous because I thought he ran a stormer. Um, that pound might make the difference in a tight finish. And um, I just think he's the each way, like, thievery, if you like. Uh, but it, it's getting quite tight now at fives. It was sort of eight to one early this week. It was 13 to two earlier on in the day. And uh, the uh, Bet365 thieves of all, of all like, it's like they get up at like twelve. They get up at midday and then they troll the cards and then at four o'clock they, they start piling in, and they've uh, not Bielsa into about five. So Bielsa would be my choice there in the one forty-five. I say I think a knocking bet, and John goes for hyperfocus. The next race is the two twenty at Haydock. It's the five furlong Betway Achilles Stakes, a listed event, a listed contest, and a rather I would say underwhelming affair, if I'm allowed to say. For a, for a listed contest, El Astronaute 
heads the markets for John Quinjard, one at Chester on reappearance. Sort of joint favourites with Moskill at the 9-2 mark. John, have you any strong views on this? Um, I have a strong view on the word underwhelmed, actually. Um, I'm just wondering where the word whelmed came from. You know, you can be underwhelmed or overwhelmed. What is whelmed when you're getting whelmed? So underwhelmed, that should be be normal. So we're all whelmed. Yeah. (laughs) So when we get up, yeah. yeah, Bit odd. Anyway. Al Gardy, um, from the uh, winner factory in Marley family, um, has this, for a bit of breath, I think there's a good farm on there with digging the ground, uh, and I thought that could go well. Uh, another one I thought could go well at the price, out, just out the back of my hand, was Count Darcy, um, simply because he seems incredibly suited to this sprint track at Haydock because he, he can hit a little bit of a flat spot after a couple of furlongs and I, th- I think getting a breather into him is quite important in his races and where he's been running at York of late and it's more or less do it all in one breath I think this this track will show him in a much better light and, I, and despite the figures being a bit skilled with I mean, I know he's well wrong with tab, etc. Um, I think this will run really well tomorrow. Um, I mean, if you're a figures man, I think tab is probably the, the one, really. Mickey's given him a, a sighter after his wind up, and uh, you'd expect him to run pretty well, really. Um, tight race. I, I don't feel compelled to have a bet. No, um I last Renautia, I felt with, uh, fell in at Chester, really, because I've never seen a horse make that much ground out of the traps like he did that day. Must have made two or three lengths yeah. on the field, and it's basically held on falling in. Now, it could have needed to run a little bit as well, so you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, that Alastronauti won't win or anything. It, it's just that he did everything right at Chester. He could not do any more right. He's not getting any younger. He's eight years old now. You know, am I interested as a nine to two sort of market leader? Not really. Um, I like the one that you mentioned a little bit, Al Jardy. I just felt that his profile's really progressive, even though he's six. Um, last season, over five, he was a bit of a revelation. Mm. He destroyed Arecibo by six and a half, then beat Orvar, then. Um, ran in a listed race and obviously found a, an absolutely on fire Dakota goal too much. But he had Moss Gill behind him that day. Um, yeah. And then and then, and then this season his reappearance was over six, where he he led every he led everywhere by the line. Just got done on the line over six. Then back to five. It's a solid piece of form, really. Fifth in the Palace House. I would say that's probably the strongest piece of form in the race currently. And also the reason why is that he was on the wrong side for me. Everything came sort of middle to stands and he was left on his own towards the far side. And I, I just don't think that suited him. Um, so I think he's a little better. I'll upgrade him for that. So for me, on a very substandard Achilles, I would say Al Jardy has, has every chance in that uh, as an each way, each way bet. But like you say, John, it's a very tricky heat, but... Um, that would be my choice. We go on to uh, the principal race of the day, though not many punters will see it as the principal race of the day. 
It's the uh, Betway Pinnacle Stakes, a Group 3 event over a mile and a half. And the favourite in the race is the Roger Varian trained Cabaletta, who sports blinkers for the first time at 7 to 4, John. Any views here? It's going to be admirable, isn't it? Really. Um, I mean, we have that uh, good feeling of Miss Rousing's entered in this. I think probably frightened everything away. The one that won this Ascot. Uh, and then Alpinista was taken out right near the, near the death. And we're left with Oriental Mistake from a, a, a three-spiked attack on the race from Mr. Housing. And really, to me, it looks between that one and uh, Cabaletta. And I'm inclined to side with Oriental Mistake purely because the train of Lingers on Cabaletta. She's she's a master craftsman, which I, I don't think is always a, a sign of utter bravery. Uh, I, I think it's a share of craven cowards. And uh, I think really it's hard to make a case for much of our tells. Trilly's in bad ground, really. I mean, it's the needy and the greedy point in days. Um, I, uh, I, I I couldn't be recommend that bet to anybody in all in all conditions. Um, you know, pressure is election at the I can go. I can go with that, and I can go with why you say no selection because I'm doing exactly the same. We're we're a podcast and we're offering no selections. <laughs> roll up, roll up, punters, roll up, sports fans. But yes, I, I, I completely concur, John. Um, the, the thing for me is Cabaletta, and this is where I think I think connections are thick. What was this horse doing over a mile and a quarter last time? Uh, you know, she she she's basically a stayer. Um, yeah, mile, mile and a quarter at York is just not. I mean, all right, you can say, well, it's just, it's just a pipe opener. So if it was a pipe opener, why then do you go blinkers next time? Is if the jockey's yeah. got off and said she's not putting it in? I mean, well, she's not going to put it in over a mile a quarter off a crawl, which is what it was. Mm. You know, Queen, Queen, Queen Power just had far superior speed to anything in the race. Uh, it was a bit of a farce, really, the way it was run. And, and it just makes you laugh that the jockey's probably got off. They've listened to him. They've said, oh, no, she, she's not doing it. She's not putting it in. And on come the blinkers. And I just think this is typical. Oh, it's just idiots. Um, uh, there's no, I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, I know what you're saying about that. She, she could, you know, she could have ideas of her own. She might do. But I just don't think a runner over a mile and a quarter in, a, in the Middleton is uh, no. in, enough evidence to say she's not doing it. So, yeah, um, I, I, it's, a, it's a very, very tough eat to punt him because if the, obviously if the blink. If the blinkers have a good effect, if they might have a bad effect, then what do you do? You know, it's very, it's very difficult, very difficult to come up with a selection in that. It's, it's almost impossible. Um, and speaking of impossible, John, we move off to the three thirty race, the uh, Betway John O'Gorn stakes. Oh, this is beautiful, isn't it? You know, I mean, you know, we, we start off with Safe Voyage, the market leader, under thirty. And I'll start you off on the race. I mean. A safe voyage of last season would be a, a penalty kick. 
the safe voyage that ran in the lockings, who didn't look to be moving great, by the way, in the closing stages, and who was eased off. And he's out 14 days later, and the quandary is, you know, it, <laughs> what do you do with this one? It, it was terrible in the lockings, wasn't it? Um, yep. Now, all I could think of there was, because I thought him out bad as well, I, I think he, he must have twisted his show or something that, you know, was something that was in pain him at the time, but was easily rectified. Otherwise, God knows why John Quinn's running him, you know. Uh, it has to be something that was easily put right out, I thought. Um, but you can't back him. Is it is it is it a is it a positive that they're bringing him out quickly? I mean, I mean, John Quinn's been quoted today as saying they've been very happy with his work this week. Um, I mean, I, I, it, this is a, this is the quandary that I think all punters need to know because he's it, like, is that a positive or a negative? Well, he's probably had this race in mind all the time. He won't be under. Uh, much pressure from the owner. He's won it before. So, I mean, the owner won't be arguing too much about whether it runs or not. Um, but of course, it's eight year old, isn't it? You know, I mean, you've got uh, with thanks there from the inform I guess you had, rated 110 now, it's only four year old. You know, yeah. um, I think on the balance of things, despite that not having had a run, um, I think I'd be more likely to, to chuck in with that one um, than the John Quinn out. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's quoted as saying he, he, he wants to, to get it West Cup with the guilt of Cambridge. There'd be no point running there in that if you couldn't win this. No. You know, so that's, that's right with West Thanks, I think. He, he's he's quite upbeat as well, I guess. He, he, he's uh, in his comments. He says that um, you know he is trying to get her to Ascot for the Duke of Cambridge. She's done very well, and she's much much better than last year, and much stronger. Really strong comments there from uh, mm. from Agus on with thanks. Um, so for, for listeners, if you you know if, if you if you like that, like that certainly Willie Agus seems the more confident of the, any trainer in the race. But anyway, as I said. If Safe Voyage returns to anywhere like the level he was, he was last year, then um, I think uh, the rest might be in a little bit of trouble. Um, but it's a very, very difficult race to tip in. Uh, we go over to Chester, John, for the one race round the uh, the ground track that ITV is showing, which is the 240 race. It's a seven and a half furlong handicap, class two event. And the favourite is the David Barron trained another bat. At around the four one mark, I believe nine to two mark, something like that. David Barron, yeah, another bat. Any any of you here? Yeah, I think this is a little bit easier actually. In it's Chester and it's swampy ground, I think Edge to Lab uh, is is the one to be with. So a nice draw, showed some good early last time. I think the race could have brought him on a bit as well, and even. It's a shame in every improvement that he says this one goes really close. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quite hopeful of a good run there from Edge to Yeah, the Ian Williams train runner. Um, he's... Drawn one, you know. Yep, gets gets the draw. 
uh, effective around this course. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can't really, you'd think that would run really well. Um, Boardman was very impressive at York last time, but this would be a rather huge step up from that class four affair. Um, I found this race quite difficult to solve. Um, Again, you'll have to wait on the ground, I think, because um, what I would say is um, there are horses in here that might be able to show a lot more than what they've been showing, um, depending on uh, on the ground. Now, for example, what I say is, is via serendipity of Charlie Fellows and Jamie Spencer. He's drawn in nine, which isn't ideal here, but if they go a good good lick and the ground is riding on top of good, it might do. You know, this is the thing, the temperatures are drying. It depends if Chester get a shower. The current ground, I think, will be good at Chester. Um, and... I, I do think if the ground just firms up a little bit, something like Via Serendipity might just get a real strong pace to run at and might just uh, cause a bit of a shock. But again, it's only a suggestion. I think it's a really tough race. Uh, I don't mind John's selection at all. I think it's pretty solid from an inside draw. But again, very tough weekend's racing. So we move on to the three races at Beverly uh, on ITV. And it's it, to me. I, I mean, I don't mind Beverly as a course. I, I like visiting there. Um, and I do like this uh, Hillary Needler meeting. I think I think I'd, I'd like to see the meetings, the the Phillies race get get restored to listed status. It's sad that I think it's it's fallen from grace over the years. But nevertheless, we that's where we head. The Hillary Needler, the two o'clock race. The favourite is Kyber Crystal. Trained by Adrian Keatley, uh, uh, heavily backed, absolutely fortunes for this job, uh, has knocked it right into about the seven to four mark. Any view on the Hillary Needler? Yeah, uh, I'm not a bit of a bit, bit of a big praise player actually. Um, I, I like Gilded of Carl Burks. Um, this ran uh, only last week in York. Um, and a fairly impressive winner called the organizer, who uh, was a warm order all day, actually. He travelled like a really good horse, I thought, in the race and put the race to bed fairly properly. And uh, I can see the organizer, well, going really well in a race at Ascot. If Chelsea uh, feel that, I think it's a definite Ascot two-year-old. This thing was right with him till about the furlong pole. Um, given the fact that Carl's horses tend to come on a lot for debut, um, I thought, sure enough, any action to suggest a Richard Cook won't come and miss. And uh, with that experience under the old belt, I think 20 to 1 is very, very sporting in this. There's no end of novice events he could have gone for with this. Um, but instead, He's, uh, he's following part of a, a three-pronged attack on this race for the, uh, the old, always smiling, always popular Nick Bradley. And, uh, Detestable, man. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think this, this is worth a, worth a few quid here out of the three box. I, I think this can go, go really well here. Good shout. We like a big price on the Bastards. We, 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 you know, we've thrived off giving big price winners, and we, we do love a big, a big in a race like this. And I think let 
while we're at it, let's go dual prong big prices in the race. Right. I've got I've got a good stat here. It's a stat attack. We we love a stat, a good stat. Especially when it's this. Um the cool silk partnership, right? Would you believe, right, are four from seven in the Brian Yeardley and Hillary Needler. Four from seven. Right? They sent out they sent out Prince of Leah uh in two thousand and sixteen. That won the Brian Yeardley on debut. They sent out Sheikah Labana. Mm. That won the Hil- Hil- Hillary Needler on debut in 2017. They sent out Kuriana. That won the Hil- Hillary Needler on second start in 2018. And then Summer Sands won the Brian Yeardley on second start in 2019. Four from seven. These guys are shrewd because obviously they buy sometimes to sell, sometimes to, to, to keep. They're, they're a very, very shrewd outfit. Now, they... Ironically, they run a Prince of Lear here. The the one that they won the race with. Um, that's Jazzy Princess, Prince of Lear, acclamation mare. Obviously, one that they've bred. I, I'll be honest, I'm not as strong on this one as I am on the other one in the Brighton Yardley. Uh, and I'll tell you the reasons why when we get onto that. But Jazzy Princess, I thought with their record, you know, they're not they're not here for a day out. This will be, this will be trained to the minute. And I just thought sporting, you know. Throw, throw away a, a fiver uh, on Jazzy Princess. Just a throwaway bet. Big price uh, to go with John's Gilded. And then you can cheer on two big priced horses in the Hillary Needler. Good stuff. So we move on to the second TV. Beverly getting three ITV races. Saturday, brilliant. Um, we go on to the second race on, on the Beverly card on TV. It's the 310. It is not the Brian Yeardley anymore. Brian Yeardley's took his ball home. And it's now the continental two-year-old trophy condition stakes. Poor Brian. Um, so the, the five-fell-long event, Ryan's party is the favourite it left to four. Uh, John, um, any view on this, what you liked? Yeah, going to shit this, honestly. Um, the one I had in round is Shirts of Mile. <laughs> We've done it. We've got another one. We've done it. Go on, I'll let you explain. I'll let you explain. Well, basically, I mean, these are already explained to a certain extent. These people have tended to have it right off in these races. The, the, the target, this sort of thing, the only neighbor and this one. Um, and th- this is by Prince of Leah, um, owned by the Cool Silk Partnership. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, uh, yeah, just back it, you know. I, I mean, I mean, the thing with, thing with this was the reason why I liked it. The other one they bred themselves, right? This one, they've actually gone out and had to spend some some serious wonga, hundred and five thousand guineas, um, you know, at the breeze up. And they're quite shrewd at this. They they they, they, they tend to spot really good breeze up types. They obviously supporting the sire because it's theirs. You know, Prince Delia, blah blah blah, um, and I just think, I just think I, they know the time of day. It's just, it literally is that, and, and I, I just think Richard Fay, Paddy Mathers, this will be absolutely trained to the minute. It's got stall one. It's a bastard special. It's not an amazing price at around nine to two. I think nine to two ish. Let me just check on that. I need to check. Let's uh, let's have a make sure that we're on the the right page of this one. Um, we are getting, you know, 11 to 2. 11 to 2 is, is the bar steward special. Uh, again, this is not fixed. I know it sounds like we're both copying, we're not. Um, literally, this is not fixed. 11 to 2, it's a bar steward special. 
plow on straight some oil. Uh, I'm just seeing, looking at each way turns, what have we got? We've got, I mean, six runners in the worst each way bet in the world, each way 11 to two places. Um, you'd, you'd never do seven runners. Obviously, five runners would be better for each way two places, but six runners is not the worst each way terms in the world. So if you fancy each way, that's up to you. But we'll advise it win on the nose. We're not messing about. We don't we don't we don't claim each way bets as winners. We're on the nose. So it's strengths of moil on the nose, eleven to two, the Bastard special. Well done, John. We've done it again. <laughs> Could be following up from last week on um on the Irish Guineas winner. Right, we go to the final television race of tonight's show. Last but not least, it is um, the Bet365 Handicap. Uh, that's the 345 race at Beverly, and that's over a trip of seven and a half furlong. Sibark is nine to four favourite for the screaming kilt, John. Yeah, I think uh, I think the kilt's going to send everybody home happy, actually, with this. Um, I can't see it getting a lot of competition on the front end. It's got a nice handy draw. Um, the rest of them will probably all be playing jockeys for a three or four furlong run, run down into that bottom bend. Um, by which time I think uh, General Ben Curtis will have made him uh, gone for home. So I'm, uh, I'm expecting to see back to win. I, I don't know if I want to back it at 9 or 4, but I think it'll win. Well, what a great, great end to the show where we can, we can agree on a special and then totally disagree on our final selection. Sibark, for me, um, I'm dead against it for the simple reason it doesn't handle the ground. Uh, the last time it ran on soft ground, it got beat, beat by one of Stan Moore's down at Goodwood. A whole lot of fun. There isn't a lot of fun because it's one from 18, and the only time it's won is beating Sibark on soft ground. And I just don't think this has got the action. It's, by, it's a waste of stream on the damn side. Dark Angels I'm not keen on anyway. And um, I just think the ground might hinder this. And I would prefer, they're not well handicapped horses. I don't think anything's well handicapped in here. But I think the Byron's Choice, Queen Sergeant form line, I think those are the two to concentrate on. Uh, Queen Sergeant ran fourth recently at first behind the Chester favourite that we just talked about. Another bat um, in another race at Chester that's uh, on the TV. Uh, Queen Sergeant was fourth in that. Had Broken Spear behind him, that, that's a rival here. No no idea why Broken Spear is a shorter price than Queen Sergeant, maybe because of the draw a little bit. Um, but Byron's Choice I'd want us cover as well because he loves this track. Uh, he, he's run well three times here from three visits. And I just think um, his running the Thirst Cup Cup wasn't as bad as it, as, as it looked, really. Uh, you know, he's caught on heels, never got a clean run. So I thought Byron's Choice... That's around the 9, 10 to 1 mark. Queen Sergeant around the 10 to 1 mark. Those are the two of value against the kilts, 9 to 4 jolly. But I'll be hoping to get beat. Um, and that will, I think, do us, John. We've, we've, we've had a cracking show. We are back, uh, myself and John, on Sunday's normal with the sermon. Um, get your topics in. Anything you want us to discuss, please get in touch by Twitter, YouTube, uh, any of the channels, John Joe's Blogspot, any, anywhere you want to. We're early next week, aren't we? We could be. Um, We'll discuss the timings of next week's show, um, uh, uh, the Derby Oaks preview um, uh, on the Sunday sermon. I'm not quite sure what time we'll go on that, but as I said, it's an action packed sermon this Sunday. We've got plenty to talk about, and I want some decent questions in. So I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Uh, We've got another Bastard special for you. 
or even on a crap weekend like this. We won't let you down. That's all from me and John. Bye for now.